prologue of the three impostors this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by tony oliva the three impostors by arthur Mackin. prologue and mr joseph walters is going to stay the night said the smooth clean-shaven man to his companion an individual not of the most charming appearance who had chosen to make his ginger-coloured moustache merge into a pair of short chin-whiskers the two stood at the hall-door grinning evilly at each other and presently a girl ran quickly down the stairs and joined them she was quite young with a quaint and piquant rather than a beautiful face and her eyes were of a shining hazel she held a neat paper parcel in one hand and laughed with her friends leave the door open said the smooth man to the other as they were going out yes by he went on with an ugly oath we'll leave the front door on the jar he may like to see company you know the other man looked doubtfully about him is it quite prudent do you think davies he said pausing with his hand on the mouldering knocker i don't think lipsius would like it what do you say helen i agree with davies davies is an artist and you are commonplace richmond and a bit of a coward let the door stand open of course but what a pity lipsius had to go away he would have enjoyed himself yes replied the smooth mr davies that summons to the west was very hard on the doctor the three passed out leaving the hall door cracked and riven with frost and wet half open and they stood silent for a moment under the ruinous shelter of the porch well said the girl it is done at last we shall hurry no more on the track of the young man with spectacles we owe a great deal to you said mr davies politely the doctor said so before he left but have we not all three some farewells to make i for my part propose to say good-bye here before this picturesque but mouldy residence to my friend mr burton dealer in the antique and curious and the man lifted his hat with an exaggerated bow and i said richmond bid adieu to mr wilkins the private secretary whose company has i confess become a little tedious farewell to miss lally and to miss lester also said the girl making as she spoke a delicious curtsey farewell to all occult adventure the farce is played mr davies and the lady seemed full of grim enjoyment but richmond tugged at his whiskers nervously i feel a bit shaken up he said i've seen rougher things in the states but that crying noise he made gave me a sickish feeling and then the smell but then my stomach was never very strong the three friends moved away from the door and began to walk slowly up and down what had been a gravel path but now lay green and pulpy with damp mosses it was a fine autumn evening and a faint sunlight shone on the yellow walls of the old deserted house and showed the patches of gangrenous decay the black drift of rain from the broken pipes the scabrous blots where the bare bricks were exposed the green weeping of a gaunt laburnum that stood beside the porch and ragged marks near the ground where the reeking clay was gaining on the worn foundations it was a queer rambling old place the centre perhaps two hundred years old with dormer windows sloping from the tiled roof 
and on each side there were georgian wings bow windows had been carried up to the first floor and two dome-like cupolas that had once been painted a bright green were now grey and neutral broken urns lay upon the path and a heavy mist seemed to rise from the unctuous clay the neglected shrubberies grown all tangled and unshapen smelt dank and evil and there was an atmosphere all about the deserted mansion that proposed thoughts of an opened grave the three friends looked dismally at the rough grasses and the nettles that grew thick over lawn and flower-beds and at the sad water-pool in the midst of the weeds there above green and oily scum instead of lilies stood a rusting triton on the rocks sounding a dirge through a shattered horn and beyond beyond the sunk fence and the far meadows the sun slid down and shone red through the bars of the elm trees richmond shivered and stamped his foot we had better be going soon he said there's nothing else to be done here no said davies it is finished at last i thought for some time we should never get hold of the gentleman with the spectacles he was a clever fellow but lord he broke up badly at last i can tell you he looked white at me when i touched him on the arm in the bar but where could he have hidden the thing we can all swear it was not on him the girl laughed and they turned away when richmond gave a violent start ah he cried turning to the girl what have you got there look davies look it's all oozing and dripping the young woman glanced down at the little parcel she was carrying and partially unfolded the paper yes look both of you she said it's my own idea don't you think it will do nicely for the doctor's museum it comes from the right hand the hand that took the gold tiberius mr davies nodded with a good deal of approbation and richmond lifted his ugly high-crowned bowler and wiped his forehead with a dingy handkerchief i'm going he said you two can stay if you like the three went round by the stable path past the withered wilderness of the old kitchen garden and struck off by a hedge at the back making for a particular point in the road about five minutes later two gentlemen whom idleness had led to explore these forgotten outskirts of london came sauntering up the shadowy carriage drive they had spied the deserted house from the road and as they observed all the heavy desolation of the place they began to moralize in the great style with considerable debts to jeremy taylor look tyson said the one as they drew nearer look at those upper windows the sun is setting and though the panes are dusty yet the grimy sash of an oriel burns phillips replied the elder and it must be said the more pompous of the two i yield to fantasy i cannot withstand the influence of the grotesque here where all is falling into dimness and dissolution and we walk in cedarn gloom and the very air of heaven goes mouldering to the lungs i cannot remain commonplace i look at that deep glow on the panes and the house lies all enchanted that very room i tell you is within 
all blood and fire end of prologue recording by tony oliva